What counts as true success? Well, depending on who you ask, you might get very different answers. Of course, we're concerned with pursuing what matters. And so today I'm thrilled to bring you a great interview with Jake Kelfer, who talks to us about true success. What does it mean to love and work well? And how do I pursue what truly matters? Working at the intersection of business and psychology, I help you answer these questions and more so you can focus priorities, inspire change, lead with courage, and live with more joy today. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Welcome to the Pursue What Matters podcast, where we focus on what it takes to thrive in love and work. So for sure, there are many definitions of success, and we're going to be talking about that more as we move forward um, with episodes on the podcast. But I'm really excited to bring a guest in today. Uh, This is Jake Kelfer. He is a lifestyle entrepreneur, life elevator, and coach to ambitious entrepreneurs and freedom seekers. And he really works to help people create incredibly impactful and profitable businesses, right? Like if you want freedom, uh, you need to have some profitability. So he's the best-selling author of Elevate Beyond and Elevate Your Network. He's also a very high energy motivational speaker and is the founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, which has helped 70 plus NBA draft prospects turn their dreams of playing pro basketball into their reality. So pretty cool. He's got a a great history, a very interesting story in terms of how he got where he is now. So he and his work have been featured on Forbes, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, and many other major media outlets. So I'm really excited uh, to have this conversation with Jake today. Of course, every week with the podcast, my goal is to help you pursue what matters by strengthening your confidence to lead. I try to do that by helping you lead with clarity. So having an understanding of your purpose and what's meaningful for you, that is certainly part of true success. And Jake and I cover that today. We also try to help you by leading with curiosity, getting clear on what really matters to you and why, and then right making choices that align with that. And so we definitely tackle that one as well. And then we also uh, address the last area, which is leading and building a community. Because if you listen, right, two of Jake's books are all about networking and sometimes networking gets a bad reputation. And I think that, you know, Jake really brings some great insight to this question. Let's share a little bit more about Jake's books. So he has a brand new book out. It just came out um, October 18th and it is known, it is called The Elevated Entrepreneur, Unlocking the Secrets of the World's Greatest Coaches, Performers, and Entrepreneurs. So he has um, interviewed so many very successful people and really asked this question, what counts as true success? And so it's a really great book. It's a really great addition to your leadership library. And if you stick through to the end, I have got, um, I've got some information on how you can get your hands on, um, a free book. So his new book that just came out, but let's talk a little bit about his other books as well. So his first book came out in, uh, 2016 and that is called Elevate Beyond, a real world guide to standing out in any job market, discovering your passion and becoming your own 
person. So I think that's really great. And I love that it is practical uh, because that's what we need, right? It's good to understand um, high level, but we also need to get practical into the daily steps of our life. And then Jake's second book is Elevate Your Network, 25 Keys to Building Extraordinary Relationships in Life and business. And so this is really great. If you have a bad taste in your mouth when it comes to networking, you need to read this book because I think Jake does a really nice job of shifting your paradigm, shifting your perspective and your approach to networking, right? And the thing that's helped me the most is thinking about networking as relationships. I care deeply about relationships. I care deeply about cultivating relationships. And so, you know, if you can think about networking that way, then it's just about strengthening relationships. Um, um, that you know that that where you can help contribute and where others can help um, help you be better as well. And so, as a reminder, his new book is Elevated Entrepreneur: Unlocking the Secrets of the World's Greatest Coaches, Performers, and Entrepreneurs. Okay, so Jake, I'm so glad to have you uh, with me today. Um, I hear you have a brand new book out. So Jake, as I mentioned, he is um, an author of three books with a brand new one um, that just came out. So why don't you tell us a little bit um, about the new book? Let's start there. Of course. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. I know that yeah. we're going to have an amazing conversation. Um, and thanks for giving me the platform to talk about this new book because I'm really excited. And I think it's going to make a big difference for a lot of people who are listening. And the book is called The Elevated Entrepreneur. And essentially what this book is, is it's an interview book focused on helping people become higher performing, more productivity crushing and freedom achieving, regardless of how they define success. So I interviewed I 39 of the world's best coaches, performers and entrepreneurs with the sole intention to be able to figure out what makes the wildly successful different? What are the big keys to having certain success while also enjoying the journey in the process? And really, yeah, how can that's we the find hard one right there? Exactly. That's the hard one. You can exactly. be very successful, but you might hate your life. <laughs> Yeah, I know, of course. And we see a lot of people struggle with this all the time. And we'll dive deeper into that particular concept. But overall, this book has been able to bring together people from all over the world, all different mm -hmm. backgrounds, political beliefs, and bring everyone into one book that allows us to learn from some of the best in the world. And so we're really excited about it. The book has taken off since it's it's been launched. And we're just really, really excited about all the lives that it's going to impact. Very cool. Well, I know that can be so helpful. You know, I, I'm an entrepreneur. We have a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening and it can feel so lonely. And I remember, um, the, the moment or the day that I realized, um, that the hard didn't mean I was doing it wrong. It just, meant it was hard, you know, and what a relief that was. But if you don't have, um, if you don't have access to mentors, you don't have a network where you can learn from others that, Hey, like it's okay. Keep going. Um, it can, you know, it's very easy for people to feel like they need to throw in the towel. So why don't you share a little bit of the insights that you got with all of these incredible interviews? So there have been so many amazing interviews. And I think that some of like the, the best things about this was the idea that I don't know what I don't know. Right. And yes. I think that a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we can go in having preconceived notions. We could have theory. We could have idea. We could have whatever it is. And this is for any level of our life, whether we're a new employee, whether we're a manager or the director, whether we're leadership, C-suite entrepreneurial in whatever capacity it is. Anytime we're starting something new, we have to realize that we don't know what we don't know yet. And the mm -hmm. way that we can 
understand what we don't know is to be surrounded by great people who have done what we aim to do and by Mm -hmm. to invest in ourselves and in our relationships. And one of the number one things that was confirmed by in this book was this idea that relationships are everything. So I ask every single person, I ask every single person in this book, how have relationships, both personally and professionally, contributed to your success and happiness? And an overwhelming majority of them instantaneously said they are everything. And what's really important to note here is not, oh, yeah, everyone gets that (laughs) because in theory, we understand relationships are everything. But the difference is those that practice building relationships and those that just know relationships are important. Yeah. And this has been a huge, huge thing for me to realize this, but also to see how can I help people put this into practice more frequently? Because Mm -hmm. we all get busy, right? When we get busy, what's the first thing that typically goes by the wayside? It's family dinner. It's our networking meeting with a colleague. It's a friendship, you know, getting drinks with a friend. Mm -hmm. The relationship component tends to be the first thing on our calendar that we push off. Yeah. And the because question we is can, why? right? Because we know they'll still be around. But yeah, I mean, it's well, you hope they'll still be around, like, right? You hope they but will. If you yes. do this long enough or you do this enough times to the, a certain person, they're not going to be around any longer. Yep. And this yep. is where you can really dive into the difference between pursuing success and, and excellence relentlessly while also really being able to enjoy the journey and the process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I I think you're absolutely right. We all know that relationships are the most important thing, but too many of us sacrifice uh, the relationships in that pursuit of success. And I know one of the things that I've really worked on is success isn't success if I've sacrificed my relationships. So, yeah. So so how do you do that? How do you help help uh, people strike that balance? Well, Well, so success is an interesting word. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because naturally when we think of success, our mind gravitates towards title, fame, finances, but in yeah. reality, every single human being has a different definition of success. And even if we have similar definitions, the way we approach achieving that definition is different. And so the first thing that we have to really understand is, well, what does success actually actually mean to you? More times than not, people just have this idea of what success is because of what they've seen or what they've been told or what society expects. But in reality, we've never actually taken five minutes to say, well, what does success look like? And what does success look like? Not just in terms of career and finances, but in my relationships, in my charity, in my emotional success, my health success, my fitness success. You have to put together a holistic definition to be able to truly be fulfilled. So then you factor in, well, how do we actually go about achieving this and pursuing this relentlessly while still finding time to enjoy ourselves in the process? Well, Mm -hmm. this is where we have to dance between the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. And a lot of our guests talk about this difference um, between the go, 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 which many of us are with the let me be in the present. You know, and it's really interesting because as I was doing this, as I was gathering the research, I was realizing like we're always trying to get to the next thing. We're always trying to do the next thing. But when you think about what we're called, we are not human doings. We are human beings. And so the Mm -hmm. way to really help yourself achieve success um, while enjoying the journey is by figuring out ways to be in the pursuit of doing. And the ways that you can do that are by spending more time with the people you care about, making sure you fill up your own cup, practicing gratitude, moving your body, 
And these are a lot of things that we dive into in the book to really show you how you can figure out what will work for you so that you can achieve this in your own life, regardless of where you want to be in a month, a year, a decade. Yeah. And it's so much bigger than just career, right? I mean, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they just think about their career, right? And so I love that holistic approach to well-being. I, I talk about a similar concept in terms of this idea of secure foundation, like what helps you to remain steady on your path, right? Because whatever your path is, whatever you pursue, you know, there will be challenges. And so what are the daily practices? Um, I, I love that focus. Tell me, how did you, how did you come to that focus, right? Like you, this is your third book. Um, did you have a personal experience? Did you have an experience in, um, in your coaching work? Tell me about that. So it's kind of interesting. And as you're, as you're bringing that question up, it kind of takes me back, you know, down memory lane of everything. And I think the biggest thing of all though, and I'm going to give some specifics here, but the biggest thing is realizing that like, if I never started or never took any action, I wouldn't have, re I wouldn't have ended up where I am today because the action mm -hmm. led to the unexpected and the unexpected led to opportunity. So for me, yeah. you know, I wanted to be a sports agent. After I realized I couldn't play in the NBA, I wanted to be a sports agent, you know, and the next best thing, the next best thing. And so mm -hmm. I studied to be an agent and right before I was getting ready for, to, for graduation from, from USC, I get a notification from the agency that I was going to work for saying they can't hire me. They went on a hiring freeze. Mm -hmm. And that was the, one of the first times that this grand plan that I had, which was go to college, get a good job, become an agent, represent one of the youngest lottery picks, become a millionaire, buy a house, buy an island, then get married, then have kids. You know, you know, I had all the things in my mind of what you were supposed to do. Yeah. And then at the end of that journey was going to be writing books and giving back. But I had that experience and I was like, wait a sec, life isn't always going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. So I kind of pivoted yeah. and I ended up, you know, getting a job, not with an agency, but with the Los Angeles Lakers. And I was, okay. I was going through that. I was like, you know what? This is amazing. It's, it's a Lakers fan dream. You know, I love the Lakers. But what I realized was that I wasn't destined for the nine to five. And so it was really important for me to understand was why do I have to wait to achieve a certain level of quote unquote success in order to be able to share a message or in order to be able to give back? And so I actually mm -hmm. ended up saying, let me flip the script. Let me focus on the people rather than the career and the career will come. And that's over the last five years, I've written now three books, traveled the world as a motivational speaker, helped 70 NBA players uh, sign their first contract, coached hundreds and thousands of entrepreneurs in free and paid programs. Um, but ultimately, I'm elevating people in whatever industry and capacity to be able to achieve their definition of success, however they define it. And so I think it's been a very, yeah. very um big journey of evolving and making sure that along the way, I don't take no for an answer. I'm willing to put in the work and I keep on going mm -hmm. because the more action you take, the more opportunity you'll create. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, yeah, I love what you speak to, right? Like so many um, individuals, especially early in their career and even mid career, they're they make the mistake of focusing on themselves, right? And of course you need to focus on developing your skills so that you can be of service, but for you to really be able to flip that script and look at how can I show up for people, right? And going back to, to the topic of your book, right? That it's relationships. Relationships are what make the difference. But, um, you know, I, I work with a lot of leaders who um, are, are often stuck in their head about like, what's going to help me to get to that next 
point, right? That next level. And I always talk to them about actually who's right in front of you, who maybe you're missing an opportunity to show up for, because, you know, each of our paths are so winding. So I love that perspective. Mm. Tell me uh, on your journey, right? So if we think about the job with the Lakers and everything like that, um, what helped you what helped you to leave? What helped you to make the move and to tolerate the uncertainty? Because I'm sure that was a scary thing to do. I think there, you know, I've been a lot of things and I, and I don't think I, I knew when I was leaving. Right. I think when I was yeah, leaving, yeah. it was just this desire that I, I knew I had to give this a shot. Now mm-hmm. I am very fortunate that I have parents when I, when I first started that, that really loved me and support me. And the way they raised me was don't be afraid of, of trying, be afraid of not giving it your best shot. And so yeah. knowing that I, I grew up always being willing to try and that if I didn't achieve it, or if I didn't make it, it didn't mean I was any less than as a person. It didn't mean I was a failure. It just meant that what I tried didn't work. And so mm-hmm. when I was getting ready to leave the Lakers, it, the time for me was I have something more to offer the world. I got to figure out a way to make it happen. And so I went the yeah. burn the ships route, no plan B, mm-hmm. let's go all in. Let's see what we can make happen. But I think that mm-hmm. there's also a situation where for some people, depending on what success looks like, you may yeah. want to build this up slowly, but surely before you make mm-hmm. the commitment to go all in. And yeah. I think that it's really important going back to what is your definition of success? I think it's really important Mm -hmm. that we get clear on what we're looking to achieve, why we're looking to achieve. And is that why going to be strong enough to keep us going, even when it gets hard, because whenever you do something, (laughs) yes, it'll get hard. The uncertainty comes in with uncertainty comes your doubts. The doubts lead to limiting beliefs, lack of self-confidence that triggers inaction. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying Mm -hmm. anything new, you cannot have inaction. Because inaction is the fastest way to not making your dreams come true, whatever that may be. And so what I would, what I really think um, was really pivotal for me was this idea that I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but I know it will happen. I don't know exactly who is going to help me make it happen, but I know that there are people out there. I just need to find them. And so it was really this belief of not just understanding that it was going to work out, but truly knowing in my core that it was going to work out. And when Mm -hmm. you can have that Mm -hmm. belief in yourself to try and realize that every attempt you take gets you closer rather than, oh, I didn't work out. I'm not suited for this. Or who am I to be doing this? It allows you to be a little more free. It allows you to remove some of that pressure, that guilt, that stress so that you can be more focused, more productive and higher performing along the way. Yeah, absolutely. I love the bias toward action because the other thing that happens with that is you, right? Like you figure things out, you meet people and it's the path of action where we build confidence. And I, you know, I, I'm a psychologist and a leadership coach. And so I've had a lot of experience with folks with mental health concerns, right? So whether it's depression or anxiety, and I got to tell you, it feels so comfortable to sit on a couch and talk about what they're going to do and what we're going to do. Um, but to take action, right. That's where we come face to face with our fear. But I think what we often fail to appreciate is that it's that it is taking action that doors will open. You'll learn some things you'll recognize and, and learn that you can do hard things. So I love that bias toward action. I think that is actually critical, to, uh, to success as an entrepreneur. And I think it's, it's also one of the hardest things. 
for folks. I think it's, I definitely think it's one of the hardest things because on the other side of action is vulnerability, yep. uh, criticism, um, not, not necessarily yeah. succeeding. Yeah. And, and I think that's, we get rejection and these are all things that we get intimidated by, or we get, we, we put our guard up for them, mm-hmm. but those are also the things that make for greatness. Yeah. And resilience. Right? Uh-huh. You, 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 when you buy a new pencil, right? Okay. When you buy a new pencil, it comes with a flat end. You can't write with that thing, but until it gets sharpened, it gets tossed around the metal, the scrape, it gets scraped mm-hmm. up, it gets shaved, it gets polished. Only then do you start to be able to create something that can then inspire change in the world. Yeah. Right. And so I think that action is one of the most important things that we can have. And the biggest thing here to realize is it doesn't have to be a big action. No, just something. (laughs) You don't have to be the person you aim to be tomorrow. You just need to have the first thought of that person. Yeah. You need to take a, if you want to work on your cold showers or whatever, Mm -hmm. you don't need to take a a cold shower person. (laughs) Yeah, me too. But maybe you need to just turn it to cold and then get out. Maybe the next day you turn it to cold, feel a drop and get out. Mm-hmm. Let's go forward because when you get better 1% every day, we all know this, that you end up over the course of a year, 37 times better in whatever yeah. it is that you're working. Now, the point here is that action can be intimidating because of what's on the other side, <laughs> but also on the other side of action is all the great things that we all want. Yeah, absolutely. But you have to have a reason and a desire that is stronger and strong enough to keep the action going, even when the doubt, the criticism, the vulnerability, the rejection can potentially mm-hmm. seep it. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me if, if you don't mind, you can, you can always say no, but what is your reason, right? Because we are always talking about pursuing what matters that you have to have a good enough reason because that's what keeps you going in the face of fear, in the face of doubt. And so do you mind sharing with us what your reason is? So I think I have a couple reasons because mm-hmm. um, this question is always one that's pretty interesting, right? Like some people have an immediate, like, here's my reason. This is the, why I do this I- exactly. And they're the lucky for me, few, though, I think. <laughs> yeah. And, and for me, you know, so I, 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 I recently was like a couple of years ago, I kind of struggled with this question. Cause I was like, you know, my life's different than everyone else is. And, mm-hmm. and I don't have like one super powerful reason, yeah. but what I have realized over time is that some of the reasons that I do what I do is one is I want to be able to take care of my, my parents. Mm-hmm. They gave me such an unbelievable upbringing mm-hmm. that I want to be able to take care of them. Mm-hmm. I want them to be able to enjoy their, their life as much as possible. They work so hard to give me and my brother lifestyle. And so I want to, I want to take care of them. Mm-hmm. On the other side is, you know, one day I'll eventually be, I'm 28 now. Eventually I'll have a wife mm-hmm. and kids. Mm-hmm. Well, big reason for why I'm working so hard now building everything is so that when that time comes and that happens, I can be present. Mm-hmm. I can take my kids to all their sporting events. I can be a loving husband yeah. and father. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a huge thing. And then also like another reason is I genuinely just love this yeah. stuff. I can tell like, okay, you, you've got the yeah, passion. Like, yeah. Like, like it fires me up to talk about yeah. it and discuss it and to be a part of it. So, so that's another reason. And then the final reason is there's a feeling inside me. And I think a lot of us share this when we're in leadership positions or when we're, when we're entrepreneurs is that there's a feeling inside you that just says you have to do this. Yeah. You're being called to do something greater than just yourself. You were mm-hmm. here to inspire, to elevate, to make yeah. a difference in someone's life. And I think sometimes that reason we sometimes like don't allow it to be as powerful as it really yeah. is, but that's a huge reason. Mm-hmm. And so all of those reasons combined 
there will always be something for me to go pursue, but I'll never lose sight of the people that I'm doing it for Mm -hmm. in that process. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, and I know, right. Like if we go back to uh, the topic of, of your new book, um, right. Like how do you, how do you pursue this path while enjoying your life? Right. And, and I know, for myself in time seasons, right? I've been at this longer than you, but in seasons of my life, um, when I have failed to keep my sense of purpose in mind, or, you know, I would let myself kind of get beset by challenges. That's when, you know, I wanted to burn it all down because I didn't keep that purpose in mind. Right. And so I think there are times that, you know, if we're honest, that sense of purpose can feel burdensome if we're not careful. And that's why, like, I love what you say about like the daily practices and the relationships that, you know, you can, you can be mindful and, and be present as a way of, of shouldering that, burden. And I, I think it's a, it's a happy burden. I think it's a joyful burden, but I know for myself, if I'm not taking good care of what I need to do on a daily basis, that burden doesn't feel so joyful. And maybe I'm the only one, I don't know. No, I think, I think you nailed it. You know, and one of the questions we talk about in this book is what's the one action you recommend people do to be the best version of themselves? (laughs) Because this is so true is like, when we're not taking care of ourselves and we're not doing the things that we know will fill our cup and, and get our energy, right. We're going to miss out. Yep. We're not going to be able to perform as well. We're not going to be able to execute. We're not going to be able to, to be the person yeah. that we know we're capable of becoming. And that then, you know, causes frustration and, and we lose some of the joy. But I think for me, like truthfully, one of the biggest things that I, that I've done for me, that's really worked um, has been practicing gratitude and yeah. making that like an extraordinarily important part of my day. It's been absolutely game-changing for me. Yeah. It's amazing. It brings so much perspective. Right. And I think in the day to day, it's easy to right? Like if we're, if we're not managing stress, well, right. One of the impacts of stress is loss of perspective. And so I, I agree with you. Gratitude is incredible. And I, what I find is it brings in that perspective of like, okay, what matters? Who am I? What's, what's my context rather than just, you know, seeing the challenge um, in front of me. So that's cool. So give us some advice um, for entrepreneurs. Tell me, first of all, um, what do entrepreneurs get wrong? What's a, what's a common mistake that you see um, with entrepreneurs? One of the biggest things that I see with entrepreneurs, and I'll focus kind of on an early stage sure. entrepreneur here. Um, I mean, there's many, I can, I can give both types of, of mistakes, but one of the things that I see entrepreneurs doing wrong, or not that they're doing wrong, but they aren't doing it correctly, yeah, yeah, yeah. is they're so focused on the creation of what they think they need that they forget to focus on building the customer base before the program. And so I was guilty of this too, is I, I built my entire first like online course and my entire program. I spent hours and hours and hours and thousands of dollars. And I put all this energy and time and effort and I launch it, but I didn't have the audience base to launch it too. And so I was building all this before thinking, Oh, if I build it there, everyone just going to show up. It's going to be perfect. Yeah. It's going to be exactly what you want. But now What's really important is focus on creating with your people. People are okay, especially now more than ever. They're okay to have something that's not perfect, 
but they'd rather be part of your creation with yes. you and feel like they're part of the journey than to just have something completely done, think it's polished and just force it down their throat. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's something that I see early stage people doing there. They're so focused on getting out this social post. They're so focused on getting this email done, building the funnel, designing this, creating a perfect website. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? If you don't have people to go through that funnel, to go to that website, to watch your social post, it doesn't matter how great of content you are. Yeah. It doesn't matter how great of an expert you are. It doesn't matter how great of an entrepreneur you are. You won't have customers. Yeah. We're in the business of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why going back to what I said earlier about relationships are everything. We're in the business of people and you can't grow a successful business without having the right customer base. Yeah. So that's one thing that I see entrepreneurs do wrong um, or that they don't do it fully correctly all the time, which causes them to get frustrated. It causes them to question if they should even be doing this in the first place. When in reality, the thing that's in question is not their skills or their abilities. Yes. It's really the the process of which they've gone about showcasing it. Yeah. And I think that's what we see, especially a lot of times in the online world is it's not the skill set that's lacking. Mm -hmm. It's the process to be able to share that skill set with people who can then pay you money to do so. Yeah. And so that's one of the big things that I see uh, people not doing fully correctly. Yeah, absolutely. I think. I think that people get ahead of themselves. Right. And so, so part of the work is how do you slow yourself down and move back to that priority on like, who am I showing up here for recognizing that that's also the path to success, because as you start to build those connections, you get valuable feedback that will make whatever, you know, end uh, service or product so much better. So yeah, I think sometimes entrepreneurs, there's, there's just a rush, right? I just um, was visiting with a very successful um, entrepreneur. I think he's had, he's, he's working on his third um, IPO, just incredible success. And he was talking about, you know, what he's learned and what he wish he knew. Right. And it was such an interesting answer he gave. He said, I wish I wouldn't have been as concerned about ambition. He said, when I was young and hungry, right, it was all about my career. And I was so ambitious. And he said, he said, right. And he's not, he's not that old. He's probably uh, mid thirties, but he says, I recognize that it's about relationships, right? It's about building people. And that, you know, if you, you don't worry about yourself, like, if you're, if you're listening and you you have the skills, right. And you're always developing those, you don't need to worry about ambition or success because whatever, you know, those labels of success, like they'll come, but it's a byproduct of showing up for folks. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I know you do a lot on networking as well. Right. And that's a, that's also a big focus in the book in terms of like building connections and getting perspective. Um, sometimes networking can feel like a dirty word to people, right? It's something they resist. They're not comfortable with. So tell me, you know, give us, give us some reassurance and, and help us have a new understanding of networking. So, so people don't feel so negatively about it. Sure. So, I mean, look, networking can be seen as this like, like intimidating word or this like salesy word now, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you could think of the car salesman or you could think of whatever when you think of networking, right? It's, it's becoming a negative connotation. 
But really, let's just reframe this a little bit. Networking is creating authentic connection. Networking is creating opportunities for other people and yourself. <laughs> Networking is um, sending out invitations for people to join and come to your party, yeah. right? And so I like to think about, you know, sales and networking and people kind of like a big party. Yeah. All right. Now, I have never once been upset at being invited to the coolest party in town, <laughs> right? right? This is how we have to kind of start to reframe like if that. we think networking is is frustrating or it's like, you know what, if I network, I'm going to come off slimy or sleazy yeah. or salesy. No, no, I'm inviting you to the greatest party you've ever been to. Mm-hmm. You can say yes or you can yeah. say no, right? Yeah. But the better the party, aka the more confident you are in yourself, mm-hmm. the more likely the invitation will be accepted. The RSVP will say yes and you'll have yeah. people at your metaphorical doorstep, yeah. right? So then the question though is, well, okay, Jake, that sounds good. Now I feel a little bit better about it. Well, what is the approach to take? What if I'm not super extroverted or I'm not have as much energy as you do? Well, can I still do it? And the answer to that is yes, because the biggest thing that we see is that when people are networking, the most effective connectors are the people that are able to communicate within their own style, their own framework of communication. Mm -hmm. The minute somebody tries to take my style or I try to take their style is the minute inauthenticity is created is the minute where we start to second guess ourselves and the energy transference isn't there. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important for people is to realize that you can have whatever communication style you want because the secret sauce is not what you have to say. The secret sauce is you. Right. There's been studies done talking about nonverbal language versus body language versus vocal and verbal language. And we know that the majority of our connection is developed through our nonverbal cues Mm -hmm. and through our tonality more so than the actual content of what we say. And so it's super important to realize that your communication style is great. Don't try to change who you are. Because you don't need everybody to like you when you're connecting. Yeah. You just need the right people to fall in love with you, mm-hmm. whether it's for dating, whether it's for mm-hmm. work, whether it's for customers, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You don't need to please everybody. And so that's what I would say is really, how do you understand your communication style? And also how do you reframe networking to be from this? I'm intimidated. I don't want to do it. It feels wrong to, well, let's go have a party yeah. and you're invited. Right. Yeah. Completely different reframe there. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And right. Like I always think about like, you know, if I'm going to a party, right. Like I want to be in comfortable shoes. I'm not, I'm not going to put on someone else's shoes because then I'm going to be uncomfortable and self-conscious the whole night. Right. And so I love that um, analogy in terms of like, do you right. And recognize that you're, you, you're not meant to, to please everyone. And what's true is we also can't serve everyone, but can we make genuine connections? So that's a nice reframe. I really like that. Thank you. Um, okay. So I have two last questions for you, but before we get to those, um, is there anything else that you want um, to share? So like a pearl of wisdom from the new book, um, or, you know, lessons so far in your own development. I'll share two quotes that have played a huge role for me. One comes from my mom. One comes from my dad. Perfect. (laughs) The quote from my mom is, and she used to send me this as a text message Mm -hmm. all the time growing up because I was go, go, go. I was always focused on the achievement, the task, the thing Mm -hmm. rather than the present moment. So she would always text me, live in the moment and enjoy the journey. Ah, that's beautiful. And now Every day at 2.53 p.m., I have an alarm that goes off on my phone 
that says live in the moment and enjoy the journey amongst a few other things Mm -hmm. to keep me going and to keep me where my feet are. Um, And I think that's a really powerful frame to live by. Mm -hmm. The second quote comes from my dad. And he shared this to me when I was writing uh, my first book. Mm -hmm. And he asked me if I wanted to be wealthy. He asked me if I wanted to be a bestseller. He asked me if I wanted to be rich. He asked me if I wanted uh, the perfect family, the perfect house. And I said, yes, to all those. I I wanted all those things. And he said, well, so does everybody else. The only problem, there's no shortcut in this life. You have to put in the work. <laughs> and then he, he said the quote that changed literally everything. And anytime I question my action, I, I think of this quote. And he said, the only shortcut in life is to start now. <laughs> and when he said that, it took a while to sink in. But that is the way we have to live our life. The fastest way to get where you want to go is by starting. <laughs> and that quote is so powerful. It's something that I'm, I live by. Yeah. And so both those quotes are really great little nuggets of wisdom for everyone who's, who's listening today. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, I love the connection to your parents. Right. And it's, it's, um, right. It's also like kind of these guardrails to keep, keep you steady on your path. And, you know, I think what's really interesting is I think with those two quotes, you answered my last two questions. So I'm still going to give them to you, but Yeah, yeah, of course. yeah, but the one question was, what gets you excited to get up in the morning? And the quote from your father really came to mind, right? Like get going, take action. And, but I want you to answer it. And then the second question was what keeps you grounded at the end of the day? And your mother's quote came to mind yeah. beautifully. So, so great question. Let's break them down. I'll give a yeah. little bit more of a, of an, of an actual answer sure. there too, is, is what gets me up in the morning is the idea that I have chosen what happens next. Mm. So the way I've designed my calendar allows me to say yes, rather than to say maybe or no. Right. Or I need to and what I mean by someone. that is, <laughs> yeah, is I've put on my calendar what I want to do. Yeah. And that's this podcast, that's mm-hmm. writing a book, that's my coaching programs, that's meeting with my team, whatever it is, I've put those things on the calendar. What gets me up is knowing that not only do I have choice and I can choose everything I want to do because that's a privilege, but also knowing that the work that I'm doing is making the impact that it's making. And I'm nowhere even near where I want to get to, but I'm very happy and and content with the process I'm making, uh, the progress I'm making. That's exciting. That gets me up. That gets me fired up in terms of what keeps me grounded Mm -hmm. um, is really this, this idea, you know, and going back to my mom's quote, we'll play off that a little bit is just knowing that like, as much as I want to achieve, if I personally, for me, am not enjoying myself along the way. And of course there are going to be things I don't love sure. doing all the time. Mm-hmm. There are things that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I'm not enjoying myself in this process, if I'm not liking the person I'm becoming, if I'm not enjoying the relationships I'm building, then I'm not, I'm not doing it right. Yeah. And so for me, the first things that go in my calendar friends, family, dating, Mm -hmm. those are the things that go in first. And that's what keeps me grounded is enjoying that journey and that pursuit. And so it's, um, it's been a hell of a ride to this point, you know, and and I'm grateful it's led us to this conversation. Um, and I'm excited to see where my journey takes me next. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jake. I think you bring such valuable perspective and, um, we're excited about the new book and congratulations on all of your success, um, to this point. I have no doubt, um, that that will continue. So I so appreciate your time. Appreciate you, um, spending some time with us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast.
So I hope you got as much out of that interview as I did. Jake is great. He's got a lot of energy. Uh, he's going places. And so I was so thrilled to, uh, to have that conversation with Jake. And so I mentioned at the top that you can get your hands on a free book. And the way that you can do that, I will have all the links for you um, at my website. And so I will also link to Jake's Instagram handle. You can follow him on Instagram and of course his website and then how you can get your hands on that new book. So you can find all of those resources by heading to my website at www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 133 dash success with Jake. Okay, one more time. That's www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 133 dash success with Jake. I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Remember love and work, work and love. That's all there is until next time. Take good care. Mm -hmm.